What's up, Brewers fans? Welcome back to this week's episode of The Barrel Banter. I'm your host, Peter Go. Excited to be here, David. I'll be uh, booted off here the next two episodes, replaced by two better guests who will be uh, a whole lot better than I will. Super excited to have Tim Dillard back on the show here. I know coming up, we'll have him back. And then uh, Brewers writer for the Journal Sentinel as well, Kurt Hogue. I'm sure all of you familiar with both of those uh, familiar names, Tim Dillard and Kurt Hogue. So excited to have them joining the show here coming up. Today will be a, a little bit of a shorter episode, just talking through the limited action we've seen in spring training. Brewers, of course, one and one thus far at this point. Uh, not exactly a whole lot to break down in two spring training games, but wanted to make sure we, we talked through a couple takeaways from first couple games. Plus, why not get another random player of the day and, and trivia question while we're at it? Yeah, we might as well. I don't know if we'll do the random player of the day. Well, Tim Dillard is a random player of the day, so I suppose he would fulfill that one there. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of takeaways. Uh, it is officially spring training because Pablo Sandoval is in Giants camp in the best shape of his life. Did not expect to be saying that this year, uh, but here we are. So it looks like uh, it, it's officially springtime now. And we do have a random player of the day, and he is a former Brewer, although one who has not latched on with another team, and that's Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer was a lefty with the Brewers from 2020 to 23, of course, if you're listening. You remember Eric Lauer. Had a very good 2021 and 22 season uh, with the Brewers, but then really struggled in a couple innings in 2020, and then took a big step backwards last year, was non-tendered in the offseason, and now still is a free agent. I've heard the Pirates have shown interest in him, but still nothing uh, yet. He seems like a Pirate. I don't, I don't know why. He just seems like a Pirate. But a little bit about Eric Lauer. In 2016, when he was with Kent State, he went 10-2 and with a .69 ERA. And that was good enough for him to be a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award and the National Collegiate Baseball Player of the Year. He was a first-round pick of the Padres, uh, coming off that season and he played with the Padres for a few years even was their opening day starter in either 2018 or 19 before he was traded to the Brewers in that famously contested Luis Urias and Eric Lauer for Trent Grisham and Zach Davies trade uh, who won the trade we're still not sure still haven't figured that one out I don't know if we ever will figure that one out he's from Ohio he's a Cleveland Cavaliers fan Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots fan not sure how that one uh, checks out but that's what uh, is listed in the media guide he also enjoys golf video games and playing the guitar uh, and back in 2018 he led mlb in pickoffs with 10 so maybe the reincarnation of andy pettit uh, that's it's a random skill that some pitchers have and eric lauer was one of them so he's still a free agent i don't see the brewers bringing him back but he had a nice run in 2021 and 22 as one of the one of the better pitchers the brewers had uh, of course, at that time, but even of the last 10, 15 years, put together two really nice seasons for the Brewers. Again, Eric Lauer, today's random player of the day. Yeah, I was always jealous of you as a left-handed pitcher, the the pickoff. It, it was a complete unfair advantage. I would have I would have been that guy who spent way too much time practicing. I feel like I was still that guy practicing his pickoff move as a right-handed pitcher far too much, but I did, I did pick off. I had a decent right-handed pickoff move, but uh, apparently not as good as Eric Lauer, certainly not as good as Andy Pettit. So today's trivia question in light of spring training, this was one I actually, I, I, I actually frankly didn't know myself. When was the Brewers first spring training um, season at their current Maryvale site? So that, that uh, answer to that trivia question will be at the end of the podcast. Again, Brewers two games into the spring training season thus far, winning 11 to seven against the Padres and then falling to the Rockies 10 to three 
not a whole lot again. Not not a ton of takeaways in two games. Saw a couple hits from uh, Jackson Churio, Sal Freelich, Brock Wilkin, um, Pat Murphy uh, was at his son with a two run double um, against the Brewers in that Padres Brewers matchup. But what were a couple takeaways that you had, David, in just early here, two games into the season? Yeah, not a whole lot. Sal Freelich did play some third base. First ball went to him at third base because, of course, it did. And he looked fine there from what I heard. It wasn't televised. It wasn't able to watch. Uh, But Freelich did look good, supposedly, or at least for being an outfielder, coming back to the infield. That's probably the biggest thing uh, in, in what we saw the first couple games. Really, I mean, Wes Clark hit two home runs. That was a big thing. But does that really change anything? Not meaningfully. Aaron Ashby is healthy, or at least that's what he's saying. That's what the Brewers are saying. Had surgery for uh, his shoulder last year, uh, but that was because of an issue he had with excess calcium and calcium getting into one of the muscles near his rotator cuff. So not a very common injury for a pitcher, not a very common surgery. Uh, and that's what knocked him out for the whole year. When he came back rehabbing, his velo wasn't there. And I was a little bit skeptical about him going into spring training. But he's been good so far uh, in his bullpens. His velo supposedly is back, although we can't verify that. And though the concerns were there, it seems like he's doing pretty well, all things considered, and is is pretty healthy. Another thing to note, Austin Nola was released after the Brewers signed Gary Sanchez, signed with the Royals on a one-year deal. So he is no longer with the Brewers. It was just going to probably be more of a AAA catching option and someone where if Eric Haas or William Contreras got hurt, maybe Nola was the first guy up to the big leagues, but now won't have that anymore and instead got a major league deal with the Royals. So he'll be uh, presumably with their big league club. The Brewers decided to give him a better opportunity because they signed Gary Sanchez. Seemed like seemed like the right move given the depth the Brewers now have at the catcher position. What was this about Pat Murphy being considered in a role for the, the movie Rudy? Yeah, this might have been the the biggest news coming out of spring training. He just told reporters recently that he was he auditioned to be the high school football coach for Rudy in the famous movie called Rudy. Uh, what do you call what, what's that word when it's like eponymous? I that that's not my uh, not my forte, but I was thinking the exact thing as you were kind of stumbling through that. Yeah, so he was he was being considered for the role, uh, and I think was a finalist. But then they ultimately went with someone else. Murphy was the uh, the baseball coach at Notre Dame at the time. And they filmed the movie at Notre Dame. Of course, it's a football movie. But they used, it, they used Murphy's office for something in the movie. So uh, the more you know, I, groundbreaking news. Seems like Pat Murphy's a little bit more loose around reporters than Craig Council is. Not seems like. He definitely is. Uh, so you learn things like this that you maybe wouldn't have learned about with Council. That's true, and less like deep size and a little bit more excitement. We had the uh, the recorded uh, speech, the ooh rah speech in front of everybody. I, I I wonder like how how accurate is that to like an actual speech? Like is, you're you're smiling, so is it like on a scale of one to ten, how accurate, or I should say not accurate, how how similar would you say that speech might be to the average speech he's giving in that scenario? Probably took at least, I would guess, a couple work days worth of editing. Uh, I mean, I, I don't doubt that he said all those things, but the inspirational speeches don't usually go like that. I, I don't know about pro ball, but at least when you get to higher levels, I, I don't think that I don't think that that speech is really something that 
fires the players up that much. Maybe maybe a little bit. Like I think parts of it were were real, but you also know that there's someone taking video in there for social media, so it's going to be a little bit cleaned up both by Murphy and then also by the the social media team. Yeah, I think it, you well you could tell it was definitely cleaned up by by both. I feel like if there was a coach on the uh, on the Brewers who would be giving the pregame hype speeches, it would definitely be Ricky Weeks rather rather than a what sixty two year old Pat Murphy. I do think that Murphy would be would be someone that could he would give this the kind of speeches like the old guy speeches where it's like I've been around the block, I know what it takes to win, and we're here to win. I'm not just gonna waste my time being okay, which is kind of what that speech was. But I agree that Weeks is the more passionate one or or at least the one who would would be more likely to give that kind of speech i don't see it being jim henderson or chris hook or walker mckinvin Uh, not that i really know anything about walker (laughs) mckinvin Uh, although he's kind of the mastermind behind the catching development right now but um but yeah i i don't know that that was necessarily authentic or or real like real uh that real uh, although I think there were parts of it probably, but definitely a change from Craig Council, who certainly is uh, enjoying his extra fans at the Cub Spring Training Complex right now. Yeah, we definitely have to have to at least bring that up. I know that was, I I think the quote, like I heard the quote, or I, I, read, I should say I read the quote first, which made it sound a little bit worse than it actually was. But he still said pretty clearly, like, it's a change having the the stadium filled like the Cubs do. And a little ironic because the Cubs are known to have one of, if not the best facilities um, in terms of spring training facilities and the Brewers not as much, but yeah. What do you, what do you take? uh, What do you think about um, council saying that? And where do you think council really stands with, with the Brewers at this point? I mean, if he wants to say it, he can, he certainly is not going to buy any sympathy from Brewers fans for saying things like that. It seemed, it seemed pretty clear that that's where he was targeting it it was a a subtle jab and there were there's a report that came out from bob nightingale today that his his second choice for managing if if the cubs job didn't come up was going to be cleveland that he preferred to go to cleveland even probably than staying in milwaukee so i mean yeah i i personally i don't i'm not so upset that council left for chicago they offered him a lot more money if he wants to go to Chicago, he can. I know that's a pretty unpopular opinion among the Brewers faithful, but I don't necessarily hold that against him. If he wants to do that, he can. He just has to know that he's going to get a lot of backlash from Brewers fans, and he, of course, has. Now, did he need to say that? No, it was kind of unnecessary to say that, but at this point, when he says things like that, he's going to get flack for it, so if he wants to keep saying that, he has to know that, and then that's that's on him, I guess. Seems surprising though, because it wasn't that wasn't his forte. Like that, he's not doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would do that. He certainly didn't do that when he was in Milwaukee. I think that almost may have been a little bit more frustrating because of that. Had he been a guy who would make those comments with the during his time with the Brewers, I think that would have been a little bit better received. Um, but either way, I, I think, like you said, at the end of the day, he I mean he can certainly say what he wants and, and make his decision. Of course, Cody Bellinger the latest addition to the Cubs, one of the, the final, well, there's still a handful of free agents remaining, which is a little bit strange going into spring training starting now. But what do you make of the Cody Bellinger acquisition by the Cubs? Are are the Cubs your favorite in the National League Central? I'm sure Fangraphs still has the Cardinals probably winning probably about 120 games or so, um, even after the, after the Bellinger signing. 
but uh, also an interesting structure to a deal. It sounds like as well. But anyways, what are your what are your thoughts on Cody Ballinger back to the Chicago Cubs? It was something that I I, I don't know if I'd say I expected it, but it was one that wasn't shocking. What's kind of interesting is it's a three-year, $80 million deal. I didn't look at the structure actually ahead of time, um, but pulled it up here. $30 million in 24 and 25 and $20 million in 2026. So usually they're not front-loaded like that. There aren't any opt-outs. So he he went to free agency and took a one-year deal last year to try to reestablish his value to get a long-term contract. And then he kind of failed at getting that long-term contract. He'll be entering his age 31 season when he finishes this one. So certainly will have the ability to still get a big contract if he puts together a few nice seasons, but also probably not quite the payday that he was expecting or hoping for. He had a great 2023 season, 307, 356, 525 line with 26 home runs and 20 stolen bases. So obviously a very good year. He's someone who I expect to be a good player and certainly makes the Cubs better. So I'm not going to act like that doesn't play a role in the NL Central. It's just that I think this isn't necessarily a game changer. Things are still close among the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, and Reds, where I could realistically see any of them winning the division. I could see any of them winning really anywhere between about 77 and 89 games um, because there's a lot of talent, but there are also holes that they have at all their positions. And I don't think that changes that much for the Cubs. Makes them better for sure, but I don't think it changes that much for the Cubs, but still a good signing for them with Cody Bellinger. Three years, $80 million. Yeah, I think he does have an opt-out after year one and two. It looks like $30 million in year one, $30 million in year two, and does have the opt-out. But you would think, I, I guess I would imagine it would take a pretty, pretty good year this year for him to opt out after a year when he's got $30 million guaranteed the year following. But yeah, it does have a, an interesting structure to it. So let's go back to our trivia question here. Uh, from today, David, uh, what was when was the the Brewers' first year in their current Maryville spring training site? Nineteen ninety-five. Pretty close. You're pretty close. Nineteen ninety-eight. Didn't give you any options there. Nineteen ninety-eight. They were previously playing at Compadre Stadium in Chandler, Arizona. A little bit of history. Kind of an interesting ballpark. When I looked at Compadre Stadium, had never never heard of it before. It was built in 1985 for a whopping 1.6 million dollars. Closed in 1997 after the Brewers left. Uh, it was sat abandoned for a while. Then the outfield grass was used for grazing. Like there were literal, there, I saw a picture, sheep just grazing in the outfield um, casually. Um, and immediately upon opening it, ran into some issues. There's a gas explosion inside the Brewers locker room, which I did remember hearing about that during the 86 spring training season that actually seriously burned several of the Brewers coaches, including Tony Muser, who apparently was in line to become Brewers manager. But I think the most interesting thing was it was the first stadium with grass seating in the outfield, like the grass seating. So the Brewers were the, the Brewers. I mean, the Brewers spring training facility was the first stadium with grass seating in the outfield that we all know it to come in and to expect at spring training stadiums, college baseball stadiums, minor league stadiums. So Compadre Stadium apparently was the first one built in 1985. So there's your there's your fun fact on Compadre Stadium um, today. I think that really wraps up today's episode. I think really the main thing was just to take a look at early takeaways for the Brewers start to spring training. Again, stay tuned. We've got some great episodes coming out as we continue to preview the Brewers roster, the NL Central. We'll be having Tim Dillard returning for another episode 
and Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel as well coming up. So again, stay tuned for those episodes. Until then, this is Peter and David Go signing off. Go Brewers.